Welcome to Be Happy, a podcast by the Hepatitis B Foundation discussing all things related to Hepatitis B. It's your host, Evangelina Bright. We have a special edition episode today in which Ed Tate, Director of Communications at the Hepatitis B Foundation, was able to interview Dr. Stefan Urban. He is the head of the Translational Virology Unit at the Department of Infectious Diseases Molecular Virology at Heidelberg University Hospital. Dr. Urban and his team at Heidelberg developed the first drug for hepatitis D. The drug which blocks the entry of the hepatitis B and hepatitis D virus into the liver cell was approved by the European Commission on July 31, 2020. Ed Tate, Director of Communications of the Hepatitis B Foundation, was lucky enough to interview Dr. Urban at the HBV meeting in Toronto this year. Here's the conversation. It is September 29 and we're here at the International HBV meeting and I have the pleasure of speaking with Professor Stefan Urban, who was on Sunday evening given the Distinguished Award in Hepatitis B Research from the organization, which is a wonderful honor. Congratulations, Professor Urban. Thank you very much. That was really a big honor for me. They were recognizing you for, for the body of your work over your career, correct? Yes, I, I would interpret it in that way. Yes. I mean, I think it's this is now my <laughs> my 29th meeting. I follow that from the time when I was a PhD. I was always staying with the, uh, with the hepatitis B community. And this is really, for me, it's personally a, a very big yeah, honor to, yeah. to get something like that. And I mean, becoming now one of the older guys yeah, compared to when I started in 92 with my first meeting in, in San Diego. That was, re- was really great. So it honored me, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. Good. Well, congratulations again. And tell me, uh, this meeting overall, what, what have you found to be the most interesting and exciting, surprising, yeah. perhaps? I mean, first of all, the, the most important thing is that we reunite, that we see each other again. I mean, last year, there was no HPV meeting. And um, this meeting always... And I was a co-organizer. I'm still in the in the, in the scientific advisory board, and uh, this was always had the um, the spirit that we exchange unpublished data. So we keep, although we compete, of course, yeah, each other uh, on yeah on on the line what we are doing in our labs. And th- this spirit starts again, and I hope that this will be in the next year meeting uh, as it was before. Of course, it will be different. We will have, of course, also online access, which, by the way, is good because, I mean, more people can then follow that. But that was the most important thing. What I found, in principle, very important with this molecular biology meeting in comparison or in contrast, I wouldn't say contrast, but in comparison to the meetings, the big hepatology meetings like the ESL or the AASLD or the APASL in Asia, is the focus here is to understand the viruses, to understand hepatitis B and more and more hepatitis delta virus. And we learn more and more by interconnecting with clinicians and, and looking at clinical data, we learn that this is important, this has impact. The better we understand the virus, and there were some highlights on that here, the better we can, I wouldn't say predict, but understand what we need in order to finally cure this infection, which is the hope, of course, of everything. Yes. Um, and you personally have been involved with the development of a new therapeutic, Then uh, there's some really exciting progress on that front. Yes. Uh, I think the, the reward that I got is on the development of a drug that is now called officially Bulevertide, 
it's not a very <laughs> nice name, but uh, you can hardly influence that or Hepcludex as it's now approved in Europe. And actually that, that drug is not a, was not intended to develop a drug. We even started at a time when nobody was really interested to additionally produce drugs. Mm -hmm. yeah? So we were trying to understand how that virus finds the liver, as all of you know. These, these viruses B and D are extremely hepatotropic, so there are some features of these viruses that are really different to many other viruses. And we were looking for the receptor, not, not only to understand that, but also because we need cell culture system, we need systems to study the virus, how it enters the cell. And, 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 and we were looking, showing it in, in animal models and showing it in, in vitro. And then 2011, the first patient or the first healthy volunteer received that drug. Mm -hmm. And now it's approved. It's approved since 2020 in Europe, which is, of course, a huge success and something that we not expected from the very first time when we started. That, that's, that's wonderful. That's yeah. exciting. Was there something presented here at the meeting that would be noteworthy and understandable for the general, broader, non-scientific mm -hmm. HBV community? Yeah, as I already pointed out, the, the, the important point is to to understand the basics of the replication of that virus. I give you, I give you an example of what I think is, uh, is very important. As you know, a lot of new drugs are in development. You may have, might, might have heard from capsid inhibitors, or we know that this so-called episome CCC DNA in the nucleus of these hepatocytes makes the, the, the chronification. So, the goal is to eliminate CCC DNA, eliminate the episomes, also for Delta. Mm -hmm. And how can we do that? And of course, we test now new targets. We test whether drugs that go to the capsids, or the, or the best thing is if you would have drugs that directly affect the CCC DNA, the reservoir of the genomes of that of that infection in the liver. And we see clinical results, yes, but we need to know, for example, how long is a CCC DNA molecule living in the in one single cell? Oh, is yeah. it living as long as the cell? Okay. Do we need to kill the cell mm -hmm. and regenerate the liver? Are there ways to, let's say, dilute out that molecule and mm -hmm. prevent the dynamics of replenishment? These are questions, and these questions are very important to understand basically that's right. not we are they're not at the point where we can already predict the cure mm -hmm. but we are much better if we understand that and especially in this meeting here we had a lot of uh, a lot of talks on ccc dna and how does that replenish what's the dynamic of that molecule in a hepatocyte and not only in the hepatocyte how is the dynamic in the liver biding infected cell comes to two non-infected cells. Oh. If we take several measures, for example, prevent a new entry of the virus and things like that. And these basic understandings mm -hmm. are the ones that may shape, hopefully, I mean, we as molecular biologists wouldn't say we can shape a clinical trial right, completely, right. but we, we, we contribute to that understanding. And, and the communication of clinicians and those uh, companies also, I mean, we have more and more interest of companies that are planning and designing uh, uh, clinical trials. I, I wondered that question. 
is the, is there more commercial interest now that you've got a foot in the commercial world? Do you, do you see more commercial interest in HPV? Yeah, I mean the com- uh, yes, I, w- I would say this is this is a very clear thing. So we had ten years ago, there was not so much commercial interest from big pharmaceutical companies. Of course, we had small biotech companies that were following HPV, going for new targets. Let's say mm-hmm. this. Industry, big industry, was more focused on HCV, and this tremendous success that yes. came up in the, in the hepatitis C virus research was had had one of the consequences. First, of course, I mean, nobody, or I wouldn't say nobody, but not a big companies are not interested in new drugs for HCV. I think we solved sure. that problem. Yeah, that problem is solved. What are they doing? I mean, they realize suddenly, oh, there is another virus with even more chronically infected patients, maybe not in the biggest markets, but also in countries like China that, that come up more and more where it's a huge problem. Yeah, And the interest, they, 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 they became interested that it's more than just suppress the virus and it's more than just vaccinate. It is, we have 350 million chronically infected people, it's about cure. We yeah. need to cure that. And the HCV field told us one can do that with a virus. The problem, uh, there comes another point. At that time, about 2012, the receptor was discovered. So with the new systems that we had, the industry had the possibility to screen hundreds of thousands of new compounds for HPV, uh, as HPV drugs. And, And that, of course, these two things came together and that accelerated the whole thing. That's the good thing. The other thing is, HPV is not HCV. This is a different virus. It becomes more and more clear that eradicating HPV is not as easy from a molecular biology point of view as eradicating HCV. Interesting. And that, of course, now leads to maybe, I wouldn't call it frustration at (laughs) at that time, but people started with a huge enthusiasm Mm-hmm. to repeat what happened to HCV. That's my interpretation. Yeah. yeah, And they see, oh, that's not so easy. They see an effect, but they don't get cure yeah. immediately. But that's the challenge. And that's also why I think the hepatitis B virus uh, meetings will have continuation because what we probably need here is the best combination. We need to combine strategies. Mm. So antiviral strategies, for example, immunological strategies that may lead to cure. We occasionally see that we get better cures. In some patients, we don't understand yet exactly why that is, why mm-hmm. we activate the, the reactivate the immune system, the immune system right. for example, or which strategies can be used, immunological strategies, combined with antiviral strategies. I mean, we hope that anti-inhibition plays an important role there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with having a drug now approved for Delta virus, we also hope that this will have an effect for B virus and the companies will follow that, the company that is now uh, following that, that drug. I think that's, 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 the, that's the point and that gives hope. This gives us hope, but it keeps us busy for the next years, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah I notice it's a very full agenda. So w- would you say that there is, there is uh, some greater momentum? The, the most important point is that, that, we, that we see something is happening, that we have new drugs that are developing, 
we are not close. This is maybe disappointing for people that 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 suffer uh, uh, chronic hepatitis right. B or Delta. Yeah, for Delta, I think there is no real hope. If we if they get the uh, approval of our drug, yeah. other drugs in the pipeline uh, by the FDA, and that is of course one of the priorities now. Yeah, to right. get f- fast approval. People in the US are not. Uh, do not have yet access to the drug, whereas in, in, in Europe you just can prescribe it. Right. That's the situation that we have. But um, I think all the questions that the FDA asked are now, of course, uh, addressed. And yeah, we hope that approval will come soon. And then also the Delta what, patients. What does soon mean? Soon means, I guess, in the next year. So Good. we will not have Good. to wait another, uh, another couple of years. The problem that we have uh, in general for Delta, I'm now talking about the Delta B co-infection, right. is um, that we don't know the patients yet. We, we need also in parallel to diagnose. We do have to do more. We have to, first of all, identify those that have hepatitis B. And those that have hepatitis B should be screened for hepatitis Delta as well. Yes. And it's not done with saying you have B without knowing that someone has probably D. Because no. if he has D, I can do something against it in the near future or, or now already in, in Europe. And for B, of course, you can already do something. That's the good thing. Yes. Yeah. But you may be able even in the future to have better therapies and, and, and cure, cure these people. That's yeah? marvelous. Thank you. And as a personal remark, uh, I... I recognize the foundation when I had the chance to uh, organize together with Tim Block uh, uh, in 2005 uh, the the meeting in Heidelberg and uh, and this is really now I see the progress and, and I, I wish you all the best for doing that and I'm happy to help there. Thank you, Professor. Thank, okay. you. Thank you. I enjoyed that very much. Yes. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode. Stay tuned and subscribe for future episodes about hepatitis B. If you have any questions, please direct them to info at hepb.org. You can support programs at the Hepatitis B Foundation like Be Happy by going to weblink.donorperfect.com slash givingheppy or click on the link in the description of this page. We appreciate all your support. Thanks so much.